0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fantastic edition of Dialogue Box. Uh, I, the show that's doing its best, really, like it's trying real hard.
1: The show that could.
0: The show that could. It really is. Let me make sure that you're actually say something. Hello.
1: Hello.
0: Okay. Hi. Yep. Just had to make sure that Discord was working. Uh, I am here today with uh, a very lovely guest we have creator of boundary break you can find him over on youtube.com he also streams on twitch.tv slash she says we have that's she right. says
1: yeah. no no uh for twitch it's boundary break oh is it
0: boundary case. break yeah twitch.tv slash boundary break i'm the show that's doing its best <laughs> how's it going man
1: it's going good how you doing
0: i'm doing great i had a really busy day um going outside, doing some running some errands, getting ready to talk about um Metroid 2, Return of Samus, and the Metroid series in general. Because I know when I reached out to you, you said you had you had some thoughts and feelings about the franchise as a whole. So we'll talk about a little bit about the your relationship with the Metroid franchise uh as well as just kind of talking about uh Metroid 2, we'll kind of focus on that as well as its uh multiple remakes. We'll talk a little bit about the AM2R remake as well as Samus Returns, Um, whether or not the remakes do the original justice or, you know, kind of elevate it to some degree. And then, you know, just our thoughts and feelings about the legacy of Metroid 2. So, first off, we'll talk about You, Metroid and You, Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, When did you first hear about the Metroid (laughs) franchise?
1: Oh, geez. The first time I heard about Metroid was I was at a friend's house and it was that gray original Metroid 1 cart. And I was like, oh, this one looks really retro. Because at that time, there was a lot of NES games that had like real line art for the boxes and the cartridges. Yeah. But like um, those old Nintendo games, they just used the pixel art from the game. Um, so that was like the first time I seen it. We popped that in. I, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then at a certain point, I went over a friend's house and I saw the intro to super Metroid and it scared me. And so I didn't want to play it. Um, but I think at a certain point I was able to borrow the game and I played through super Metroid and I was a fan ever since, since it, you know, with enough perseverance, you can get through that game. And so, after super metroid i basically played every single game in the series and uh, I, i started to discover that the games in its series are more special than i ever gave it credit for back in the day as we started to see more games come out and what sort of variety we would see in the future metroid then became a franchise that i recognized as like good like really good and rare and it's unfortunate that it is rare. Mm-hmm. So I became like quite a big fan. It's one of my favorite Nintendo franchises now.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting because like I, I think I started playing uh, the first one I played with Super Metroid. I, I happened to find it at like a blockbuster when they were when they were retiring games that have been like previously rented. They would just kind of put it in a bargain bin. And I think I paid like five dollars, which imagine paying five dollars for Super Metroid just the cart like nowadays. Like that's. Um, and I remember playing through, and I think the main reason why I'd found out about Metroid was A, through Nintendo Power. And then as well as like, I had a, a family friend or like friend of my parents that would come over every now and then. And I guess their son had a Game Boy and after they went off to college, they would bring the Game Boy with them to let us play it. Like my brother and I. Oh, cool. And the only two games they had were Tetris and Metroid 2. So I played through Metroid 2 a little bit, but I found it, like, even as, like, a six-year-old who was, like, cutting his teeth on, like, Donkey Kong Country and DKC2, like, I found it really frustratingly difficult because I didn't know where I was going and, like, the maps were difficult to kind of get through. I don't think it was... It was probably around the time of the 3DS remaster or the 3ds virtual console rather um that i went back into and actually made progress and but to this day uh i actually have not beaten return of samus i've beaten samus returns oh okay and i know enough (laughs) about um return of samus to know what happens but i i've yet to actually finish it but i've gotten far enough and i've learned a lot in terms of how that game functions as well as its remakes and i really want to take uh, a little bit of time after we get through you know some of the other questions preliminary to to go over those but before then um so you've played you played through all the main series metroids i'm assuming that includes prime how many of the games have you played through and beaten
1: all of them except for prime pinball i've j- i played that and I don't really get the appeal of it. I've never been a pinball wizard myself anyway. So, unfortunately, I didn't really care for it. And I also had never played Federation Force. Like, never tried it. Okay. So, I don't know if it's good or not. But <laughs> other than that, I've played and beaten every single one in the series. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think Federation Force. I feel like that's a game that maybe someday I'll give a chance. But it it just... It was such a weird way to present itself when it first got unveiled. Yeah. So um. it's,
1: it's it's really unfortunate that, it, like, I don't know why they decided to go for a chibi style and all these other things. Like, it, it, it was just kind of like a misread as far as what the fans want and look for. Mm-hmm. But I think that it was a byproduct of Nintendo trying to. Create a fan base that wasn't there before because the fan base for Metroid is fairly was fairly small. Now we're starting to see some good numbers for Metroid Dread. Finally, mm-hmm. it's good, but um, yeah, at the time, it, it don't. I never really pulled in the numbers that like Zelda or Mario could.
0: Yeah, I think you know it's a weird kind of unfair thing too because like Nintendo really gives those games an opportunity, like Mario and and Zelda tend to have so many different games coming out for those franchises every year and then they kind of came out with Federation Force for Metroid after like such a drought uh between Metroid Prime 3 and like another Metroid game so like when we finally get some kind of Metroid thing and we realize like we're not really playing a Samus uh we're not really sure what this is about I know some fans of the series have gone on to say like it gives more background into like the actual Galactic Federation and how that works in the series or like how that works in its world. Um, so like, I think that's the only reason why I'm kind of like, I'll give it a chance eventually, but it's not like on my laundry list of things to do.
1: <laughs> I guess you could say it's on my laundry list. It's just on the bottom of that list. So yeah, um, it, you know, I, I don't like being able to say that the only one i Never played was Federation Force, uh, especially now in retrospect, where it's like, wow, yeah, I played through every Metroid game. I really feel like I should have be able to say that I got through Federation Force. <laughs> so it's at a certain point I want to play that. But with Metroid Two, you know, um, that was a game that was phenomenal. I loved the remake. the The original one, I don't, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself with the discussion here, but um it's actually one of my least favorites so it's 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 one of the most interesting games in the series where that like the original game i don't think holds up well at all but the remake takes all the things that were good on paper for the original game and then just made it into a good game a really good game and one of my favorites
0: yeah it really changes the tone too and we'll get into that um in in those <laughs> subsequent parts but um yeah i I think even getting to the point where I would have the game fully beaten and completed, I I think the original Game Boy version, I'm still on the fence as to whether or not I would like put it way high up there. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm you were also talking about the remake or uh the original, just the original. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I actually Samus Returns, and I was telling Elias this um, on the last part, but that was the first game in a really long time that I basically just picked up and I just did not put it down. Like, I, I basically played it until I beat it. Um, and unfortunately, that's... Uh, I, I can't even say that about Dread. Like, I, I love Dread right now, but I'm also, like, I, I have things I gotta do. But, like, with Metroid Samus Returns, I was like, this is, like, I can't stop playing this. It's so good. Yeah, it was. Um, it
1: was really, really good. And you know what's funny is um, lots of people didn't even think it was that good when it released. And that was the frustrating thing for me was, like, We had a great remake, but it was spoiled by a lot of angry fans that were still kind of uh, fuming over the takedown of the fan game. and, Mm -hmm. um, And then on top of that, I don't know what the heck was going on with all my YouTube brethren. But the general consensus seemed to have been it was like, it's okay, I guess, which, you know, that's not the sort of fanfare that you want to give to a game from a series that has been dormant for so long. Yeah. Um, and, but not even saying suggesting that they fake it to, to, you know, boost the game in any sort of way. But I generally felt like it was a really, really, really good entry into the Metroid series. The mm-hmm. combat, you know, it's still leaps and bounds better in my opinion than like any game that preceded it, you know, and then Metroid dread, did even more with that, which mm-hmm. is great. But I wouldn't make the argument that, you know, Dread somehow fixed something that was wrong in the last game. It just expanded upon it as yeah. sequels should. So uh, that was something that was always odd to me. It, um, and again, I, I don't know which which of these things that I'm going to be saying might spill over into your questions, but That's okay. Um, I was just thinking like, I wonder if people didn't like it as much because it was a remake of a game that just wasn't that good in practice. Um, so like the idea of having to kill all the Metroids on the planet, uh, when you play the original game, they're all the same. It's like just four enemy types that don't really do a lot yep. to change how you approach them. They're just, you know, missile sponges for a little while and yeah. then they die. Um, uh, and then you, you kill like I, something like 80 like, of those.
0: It's like 40, yeah. 40. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 40 of them, you know. And with the remake, they did things to spice it up. Yeah, it's still the four types, but they behave differently a, a lot of the time, if I recall correctly. So, mm-hmm. you know, like that's what Metroid 2 is. It's and if you're gonna make a remake of it, that's unfortunately what that's like the, the ground rules that you have to obey. Otherwise, you know, it's not Metroid 2 anymore. Yeah. And they even went through the trouble of adding in bosses like the the robots and stuff like that. And uh I don't do we talk about spoilers on this discussion? I don't know. But
0: it's um, weird. I actually I actually have not thought about that. <laughs> really? Um so I and you know, I should have, right? Um I think sp- we'll we'll feel it out. I think in terms of how things are, especially if most people played Dread by now, they should know how to ends um with, you know, the baby and and all that. Uh but I think we I won't spoil let's not spoil Dread uh if if that happens to come up in the conversation, but mm-hmm. I think we'll just I think for now we're okay with talking about Metroid 2 and that kind of goes on because we will be going over i think some of those points and just you know as a spoiler warning for everyone in chat that's here just to know that we will probably wind up talking about things that will spoil the end of uh metroid 2 but we will not try to go over things that spoil dread in any way
1: okay cool well (laughs) i was just gonna say probably the only thing that's spoiler worthy in 2 is that they added in ridley at the end um and it was a, a great boss fight so, you know, I was just saying that they did a lot to add variety to the, the main threats, like the boss threats in the game, you know. So all in all, I, I found it to be an incredible remake. It wasn't like super duper to the T, you know, let's not change a thing except for maybe the graphical style, a.k.a. Link's Awakening, mm-hmm. you know, on the Switch. This one went above and beyond to do something to make it better you know, much, much better. And again, it's the contrast is insane Yeah, that I can say that I don't like the Game Boy original. I don't think it holds up well at all. Um, You know, for various reasons, like the fact that it's in, it's monochrome. So it's really hard to navigate the, the overworld or the world in general. And um, there's, I don't think there's a map, is there? No. So yeah, there's no map. It's monochrome. Uh, it's really, really small, like, they make the sprite for Samus so big and then as a result of that there's not a lot of screen uh, real, real estate, estate to yeah. yeah to work with and the music was just awful <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's interesting like i the the original overworld tune is like trapped in my head for about 20 25 years but yeah when you get deeper into the game the music changes but it's it's very it's incoherent,
1: yeah, nonsensical beeps and boops. Yeah. Like it's it's not it's not like with Metroid Super Metroid rather, where yeah, it's not the catchiest music from time to time, but it sets a mood where yeah. it's like foreboding and creepy. And I think that's what they were trying to go with with Metroid 2 soundtrack. Yeah. But it just comes off as like, wow, did the guy just spill over onto his keyboard and <laughs> just hit publish? What happened here? Yeah. Um yeah, so I, it's like, to me, there's not a lot of redeeming factors ex- outside of the core concept of the game. Um, and of course, some of the things that got reused in later games, like, for example, um, the how the Varia suit changes shape when you collect it. And I like the little backstory behind that, where it's like they had to do that due to the fact that there was a color limitation. So how do you show that Samus has gotten a suit upgrade? I guess you just make it look different. Um, that's funny. Um, and it is a good luck, Yeah, but yeah, I was, I was like, uh, um, outside of that, there's not a lot of great power-ups that got introduced in that game. Like the spider ball is still one of my least favorites in the series. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, like I kind of got off topic for a second, <laughs> but I was going to say that it's the core concept that really shines in the original Metroid Mm 2. I love the idea that the story concept is that Samus goes to the planet to wipe out all the Metroids to eliminate the threat entirely. And then things that focus around that are kind of interesting in their own way. But then the remake does that leaps and bounds better, you know, when you still take that core concept, which is a flawed concept, because then you have to keep eliminating multiples of the same alien race Mm -hmm. but they still managed to find a way to make it in my opinion pretty interesting so again i i commend the remake for being finally a worthwhile entry so it's like you can play through the story of the metroid series and finally have a second entry that doesn't make you wish that you never picked up the, (laughs) the series in the first place in the same way that Zero Mission does that for the first game as well, I suppose. I actually find redeeming factors in the original Metroid. Yeah. Um But like, um But yeah, Metroid two, I feel like has very little to offer, especially mm-hmm. against its uh remake counterpart.
0: Yeah. Well, and if we're talking about which ones are clearly we have some uh we're talking about to not being our on the highest on our list, but what would actually be in the series um your favorite Metroid game?
1: Metroid dreads right now, my favorite one. And, uh, I know that like some people look at that and think like, Oh, you gotta let the dust settle and all that stuff. But I have a pretty solid idea about why I like it as much as I do. Um, it's the most fast paced. It has great, uh, you know, boss variety, general enemy variety, and it's got a great atmosphere and it has a good tie in for the story Mm -hmm. and everything. It's, it's just really good. um, So I think it might be my favorite, followed by Metroid Prime, then Prime 3, and then Super Metroid. And all four of those games, I do think, stand shoulder to shoulder as excellent Metroid games. But they're all a little bit different from one another in ways that I can still kind of rank it the way that I have. Um, Super Metroid has, like, the best atmosphere, bar none, across the entire series. But uh, its gameplay is starting to get a little dated Uh, And it it, honestly people have like bemoaned about this idea, but now I think people are starting to understand the value of it, which is that I feel like we could have a super Metroid remake that uses the gameplay style of Metroid dread. That would be the perfect marriage and that would make super Metroid the best Metroid game again, Again. (laughs) but yeah, but uh, you know, I like Metroid prime quite a great deal because it, it basically, it's got great atmosphere, but not better than Super Metroid. And it's got a great sense of exploration that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's got good music too. Um, yeah, The music across all four of those games are great, but yeah. Um, and then Prime 3 just does something very differently, but in my opinion, pulls it off very, very well. Mm-hmm. It's not something I would want to see over and over and over again, but the fact that they did something different and I really enjoyed it, basically puts it in a spot where I feel like it deserves to be up there with super Metroid and everything else.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think I kind of like, I understand what you're saying in terms of like super Metroid, I playing it. I think normally without worrying about it. um, I think that it still controls fairly well today, but especially when you start trying to do not just necessarily all the speed running tricks, but when you're just trying to do certain things quickly, it starts to show some wear and tear, in my opinion. Like, especially when it comes to jumping or doing wall jumps. Um, I would say in later games, wall jumping is just so much better because it, it seemed like in Super Metroid, it wasn't a thing that, like...
1: They actually wanted you to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's something
0: that's kind of like, this is great if you figure it out. It's totally awesome. But you can play the game without it. And... Mercury like steam, like one or two parts. It, yeah. trap you. Well, exactly. You know, wow. And actually that frustrated me as a kid because I didn't understand what the game was trying to tell me to do. yeah. And so I actually got upset because I hadn't saved in a while and I just reset the game and just avoided that entire area for the rest of my first playthrough. I mean, I figured it out, but like, yeah, um, that and Shine Sparking, like the game tries to teach you how to do that. But for some reason, my like eight-year-old brain just wasn't having it. Uh, right. So I was just kind of like, well, this sucks. I feel like I just got punished. Um, but I think in the later games, like now that there's an understanding of how these things work, uh, and Mercury Steam, uh, they have had a handle on the Metroidvania style because their last three games were Castlevania games. Two of them were 3D um, and more sort of in the God of War vein. But they also worked on um, that. There's like a Castlevania sub game that came out on the 3DS and then it kind of came out on Vita and then it came out on like PS3 and Wii U. Uh, but it it does have that like 2D Metroid style gameplay. So like they really cut their teeth through like these earlier games and then they started working on Metroid with Nintendo I think Dread is just sort of a culmination. Like it's clearly evident that they're getting better with each subsequent game that they create, um, and the controls are just getting tighter. And so I, I I agree with that. Like there are still things about Super Metroid that I think put it in my number one, but I can definitely see Dread, Samus Returns, and hopefully like any future that this franchise could have would just make it better and better, and would like you said kind of like show that it's not a bad idea to go back to super metroid and try to do a remake or something of that nature
1: yeah one of the things that i didn't even mention with dread that you kind of reminded me of is that the flow of the exploration is much much better like it without explicitly telling you where to go it never does that really the game constantly kind of makes it easy and obvious to figure out on your own where to go. Um, whereas with super Metroid, there's a lot of times where there's like multiple areas you can visit and some of them are dead ends and some of them can be really elaborate. And then it's like, Oh wait, am I supposed to be here yet? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. I guess I should try a different area. Where have I explored? I don't remember, you know, Yeah. but with Metroid dread, you don't really have that problem too often at least. Um, And does a really good job of, closing off areas that you're not supposed to be at yet and stuff like that. And then it 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 just catches me off guard multiple times where it's like it just drops you back into areas where you needed those power-ups. And I'm like, "Wow, I didn't even have to quote unquote backtrack to get here. I the game yeah. just is it's mapped out in such a way that it just dropped me here to go and do it. it that's awesome." Um so like again, the map design is like something that I give dread like huge praise for um, as far as just progression and everything else. It's just, it's astounding that it didn't need to use any special handholding to get the player through the game in an organic way. I felt like that was just like 4d chess yeah. the entire time. I was just like, wow, how does a human being think of all these things? You know? Yeah. Like how does a, hu- how does a person be- even begin to map out a game's environment like this? it was uh, i was really impressed
0: and it's a big map like i think for a 2d metroid it's it's huge so to be able to use these backtracking features like the teleporters and the elevators and the and the train systems that are in dread is very indicative of them learning like we've done this enough times to know what do we hate about metroidvania that we wish were easier that we wish would make more sense and let's put that into the game and make it so that the player just kind of effortlessly understands and uses these features that we're giving them so that they have a better time. I it was for a completionist standpoint, it was very easy to go through Samus returns and just get 100%. Um I think they did a really good job in in that game in that remake to kind of help you. And in the original there really isn't any backtracking. And we'll get to that in a little bit, but like in Return of Samus there's just you just keep going. So yeah. The, for them to be able to return it to that Metroidvania or that puzzle action style, or search action style is what they're calling it, uh, is, is commendable.
1: I agree. Um, I, but yeah, it, with Metroid 2, I can't remember. I feel like at times it got a little lost here and there. But no, not even. Because they had that ability, that Aeon ability, mm-hmm. where it would like show you all the hidden blocks and all yep. that stuff. So, yeah, that one, again, I didn't have a problem with that. And I know that, you know, Well, I don't want to say spoilers (laughs) for anything. But, yeah, yeah, like, I didn't mind that. I I like that it was optional as far as trying to find hidden blocks and stuff like that. One would have to ask, why would you not use that ability, though, if it's there in the game? Um, Unless you want to create an artificial challenge for yourself. Mm -hmm. But as a Metroid fan, no. I mean... (laughs) You got to you're trying to beat these games as fast as you possibly can. Why wouldn't you use all your tools at your disposal? You know? well,
0: and a lot of the a lot of the things that are hidden are very obtuse. Like I've played enough Metroid games to kind of have an understanding, but there are just times where I'm kind of like, uh, how the heck was I supposed to know to do that? So just being able to have those abilities and the tools at your disposal that you can kind of go in and like search for things and you kind of go, "Okay, that might be either a bomb" Or I might have to do some trickery that, like I've seen some of the videos of people like doing some amazing shine sparks or like things that they, it's like a gauntlet in order to get like a plus two on your missile counter. Uh, But like stuff like that, where it's kind of, at least the game gives you something to understand that this is something you have to do. And then it's your choice if you want to go ahead and do that. Um, So we've talked a lot about metroid just talking about metroid 2 and talking about what are our favorites but in terms of like the theming the music the atmosphere the characters uh what's one thing that interests you the most about the series that actually keeps you coming back to it
1: the series in general yeah yeah um well i I love the isolated if i hate to use the word but it gives you a sense of dread at times Um, Ah. yeah well you know it's kind of funny because like Metroid isn't technically like a horror game, but it always tiptoes on that line when it's done right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I like about it. I like the sense that like you're all alone and it gives you this feeling like there's no one there to help you. But as you progress through the game, you become stronger and stronger to the point where all of your threats um, feel like nothing to you. You You can really get a sense of the power that you're collecting along the way you get a personal sense as the player how strong you become. And um, as far as theming goes, it's great in that regard. It's like you start off with a threat that's borderline horror themed yeah and then by the end of the game you become this ultimate warrior basically. and like that's to me one of the greatest strengths of Metroid, you know it's it is the theming that makes it better than say like a Castlevania game for me. Um, because I don't know, it, it, again, it doesn't always do it right. Like, like zero mission, uh, you know, you get the abilities and everything, but it all feels cartoony and fast paced. And, um, there's never a sense where I feel afraid in that game. Um, so that's, that gets a little bit lost, but Mm -hmm. it's still a great game. I still really enjoyed it. Um, but like it's why super Metroid and Metroid prime are so high up there because it, it makes me feel a little intimidated at the start. And then, you know, like any great Metroid game, you become really powerful. So yeah, I guess that's really why I keep coming back to the series. Not a lot of games do it quite as well as Metroid does in that regard. Like, yeah, you'll always find games that have like more you can do with the combat or more areas to explore or more abilities to work with or something like that. But, you know, it's, they'll never quite capture, you know, the things I just spoke about with Metroid. Uh, You know, it's, that's definitely something that Metroid holds onto its own. I feel personally, at least.
0: Mm -hmm. I I agree with that. I, I really enjoy, like, it's almost like a, an RPG. Like you start off and you're really weak. You turn the wrong corner and you're just dead and like immediately. Um, or you're not supposed to be in a certain area right now. And instead of leveling up with like experience points and everything like that, you're finding items, you're finding new suits of armor, you're finding new tricks that you can do. You use all of that in order to get past the things that were stopping you before. Um, And I think a lot of games, especially now that kind of copy that style, they, like Castlevania, I think, airs more on the side of you need this thing in order to jump over this obstacle. We're going to give you a double jump. Now, here you go. Um, But like you were saying with Metroid, it also makes you feel like you're not very good, like you're weak. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you get better and stronger. And then all of a sudden, you know, by the end of the game, you're this ultimate powerhouse and you've learned all the different tricks that you can do with the controls and you get better at that. So not only is Samus getting stronger, but like subsequently, so are you. So like, you by the end of the game, you're now this you know ultimate space like oh ov- you know beefed up space warrior, and you're ready to take on Ridley. And even Super kind of does that, where you face Ridley at the beginning and you don't really get it you know a dent in him, and then by the end of the game, you you completely just obliterate him. Um, yeah. So
1: that's a great example. Yeah. So it, it's like-
0: really fun how they kind of do stuff like that, and I I definitely agree. I I kind of laughed a little bit because you were. Metroid apparently does horror better than Castlevania, which is supposed to be in that horror area. Um, and yeah, and I see someone in the chat like, so um, I have played Symphony of the Night, and, it, and Symphony of the Night does do that. Uh, I'm also thinking of some of the ones that came out on like Game Boy Advance, where because there's like a traditional leveling system on top of it, you are mostly just getting items in order to like jump over or get past obstacles that were keeping you from getting to an area, rather than like. I'm not strong enough to go there, though there are some minor examples of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to play Symphony of the Night. Although, again, from what little I played a Symphony of the Night, it felt like they just kind of, they took horror creatures, but made it very, um, I don't know what's the word. They they just don't make them come off as f- frightening. Horrifying, yeah. Yeah um they're just kind of like um they're no more threatening than a goomba than i guess
0: <laughs> yeah you know
1: whereas like t- taking the wrong step and super metroid suddenly lands you against like a 14 t- like i don't know 200 foot tall monster yeah that shoots like things out of its belly button it's like <laughs> that's horrifying um yeah. <laughs> you're like how do i defeat something like this um But, like, uh, maybe Symphony of the Night does that, too. I just haven't gotten to a point where I got there yet. But, like, nothing about it really instills any sort of fear. Um, And it is ironic. You're right. But, like, it's always, I mean, I feel like Castlevania, not to go too far off topic, but I always feel like the series in general doesn't aim to be scary. It just kind of uses, like, universal monsters to, like, create like a more cinematic action-y kind of game yeah it's almost like from game to game yeah but yeah it's fun. yeah it is really funny though that like i and again nintendo themselves sometimes loses track of uh how good of a vibe they can instill in their metroid games like like i said metroid fusion at times it has like the chase down thing with the sax but outside of that it's a very cartoony and the music's very upbeat it's very weird um Not particularly, not really a big fan of that one. But um, yeah, over time, they kind of reel it back in with Metroid Dread, I felt. Like, Dread feels pretty good. Again, not the best atmosphere, uh, but it does a lot to make you feel anxious. A sense of Dread. If Um, you will. Yeah. So...
0: And that yep. is kind of a, a reigning theme with some of these episodes that I uh, that I'll be discussing. So we're actually going to get into that right now, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, a little bit more about Metroid Two, the original uh, that came out on Game Boy in 1991. And a couple of things to point out is that it does increase the sprite detail. So as we were talking about, like you have a lot more detail in Samus, and like I think that's more indicative of the games that were out at the times because the Game Boy came out in like 1989. And some of the games either took full advantage of the hardware and like gave you these really detailed sprites. But like you said, a very claustrophobic way or it turned everything and made it small. Like I think Super Mario Land is like a, a good example of that, where sprites are small, not very detailed. Super Mario Land 2, you know, four years later, gives you this like really detailed sprites. Um New OST, so all pretty much all songs in in the game are new. There's like four or five, and there's some of one of them's really good to me, but the rest of them are just beeps and boops. Um, Suit upgrades, like uh, is a thing that now actually show appearances change. Like Samus actually changed her appearances, which then translates into super metroid and other uh, further on games in the series so like you actually see a change in her suit which was based on the game boy limitations um the thing for me is that the one thing i noticed is that the game is a lot more linear uh it's based on this idea that you're destroying or basically committing genocide of an alien race And after you kill 10 of them, you get to go further down. Like the the acid pits that keep you from going further into the game, uh, then, you know, drain and you can go further. And there's not a lot of backtracking in that way. Um, And then this is the first game in the series to introduce battery back safes. Got to always put that on the box um, Mm -hmm. instead of password systems. Now, do you think that a lot of the changes, including like the more linear gameplay map, um Do you think a lot of these were just based on the limitations of the Game Boy? And do you think that that kind of makes it a an overall better experience than the first? I think based on what we've already talked about.
1: So you feel there's linearity to the map in Metroid 2?
0: Yeah, in the original. like re- Samus Returns is does a lot of changes to kind of make you want to go back and see other areas. But I would say the original... I don't believe that there's a lot of, all right, I have this thing, now I'm gonna go all the way back up to here. Instead, you're oh, just kind of go do you know, going further and further down the planet until you reach the omega.
1: Well, see, the thing is that um I, I would I guess I would disagree about the linearity in that you have to explore and find all those Metroids before you can, you know, submerge further and further into the map. Mm-hmm. and they could be like anywhere. And so it's like it becomes like a game of hide and seek with a x number of metroids. So it's like you have to explore the quadrants of the map um, with nothing to really indicate like this is where it is. You got to go this way, you yeah. know. Um and I do I, I only disagree with that just to make the point that like it's the fault of the game or rather the hardware of course that so I'm that like because everything's monochrome and it like there's just blackness to the backgrounds and stuff it becomes really easy to forget where you've been and where you should be going and stuff like that um at least for me in my experiences um yeah i don't know uh, what was the original question though
0: it was basically uh do you think a lot of the changes that were made to the game between the first and the second Were based more solely on the Game Boy's limitations, or and do you think that that makes a slightly better experience than the original?
1: I yeah, I think that it did everything that it did to change from the original for the sake of boosting this original title up to a status that is um, worthy of or like more recent titles like Zero Mission and Fusion. Um, I think it was going for more of like a, like a zero mission esque feeling uh, remake where, uh, although the art style is different, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they just like zero mission, they added in bosses, they added in scenarios and um, it felt more akin to super Metroid than it did Metroid one, or in this case, Metroid two. So yeah, I think that it's not necessarily to just fight against the limitations of the Game Boy so much as trying to breathe new life into it to uh, have a standard that is equal to something like Zero Mission at least. Okay. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, And I think you, that you see a lot of changes that become apparent to that. You know, like again, even with the Aeon ability, that's a level of hand-holding that although is not as, Perverse as like uh metroid fusions it's still a way to make it less obtuse mm-hmm. than it was in the original game yeah um yeah so i think it's a lot of i think the creative decisions that were made there were to basically try to take the core concepts of metroid 2 but have it be a game that feels similar in gameplay to something like zero mission basically
0: right yeah um Return of Samus does do a couple of quality of life improvements uh, over the first game, including health and missile recharge stations, starting off with full health instead of starting off with just 30. Do you consider the sequel easier as a result, or do you think that it's actually more difficult in spite of these improvements?
1: The sequel? Um, Which one? Just the
0: original Game Boy version, yeah.
1: So you're asking if I think that it's easier than um, Metroid 1? Yeah. So, like the original NES, uh, yeah, game. yeah. Um, no, I don't. And feel free to disagree with me here, but no. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like this. It's harder because you basically, again, for the reasons that I mentioned before, it becomes very obtuse and very hard to figure out where to go at times, and um, some things like accidentally jumping into lava or um, something of that nature. It's very easy to to take an L in um, Metroid Two, but like you know, Metroid One, yeah, you start off with thirty health. Yeah, there's no recharge stations. You're right, but it's a try. It's like such a short game in general, and then also just like if you memorize where you're actually supposed to go, um, you'll never need to use a recharge station or uh, you know, well, technically recharge stations come in the form of energy tanks. So every time you grab one of those, your, your health completely refills, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I feel as though it's, it's a little bit easier. I mean, maybe I have to go back to the original Metroid two, but yeah. um I have a lot more fun going back to Metroid one and I can get that done in less than an hour. I know that's kind of like a, an achievement, not standard, but um as a person that doesn't normally speed run Metroid games, I find myself being able to complete it pretty comfortably at times. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. There, there are a couple of like the one thing that I will say that I guess makes Metroid one harder, um, is actually the last boss. Uh, Mother brain is such a pain in the butt and you have, you have to be disciplined on that boss fight in a way that you don't have to at any other point in the game. Um, and also, at any point in probably any other metroid game if i'm honest because you have to you have to like freeze the circles the ring gooses i think is what they're actually called in certain places and then the the brain matter that causes like a barrier and all that stuff it can replenish if you don't consistently fire at it so if you get knocked around which is very easy to happen um, you can lose a lot of health in the process and then you also waste missiles you can waste missiles, yeah, and it just it's it's a mess. It's it's really difficult unless you know exactly what to do and you um you have the skill to do it. So, you know, compare that to the the Metroid Queen, it's you know, a no-brainer. Oh, well, no pun intended. Um <laughs> Mother brain is way harder.
0: Yeah. I you know, I there are parts of it where I'm kind of like, I I can see why. Some of the, like, I also would say that things move a little slower due to being on the Game Boy, but I I think I'm just, I get more easily fed up of with Samus Returns, or, yeah, Return of Samus, rather. uh For the same points, like, I think it's very easy to get lost due to the nature of how cramped the screen real estate is. Like, the sprites are gorgeously detailed, but that comes at a cost of claustrophobic spaces and even when you get into the large open spaces there's not enough for you to really understand what's there and oftentimes you'll find out that it's like oh i just needed the spider ball and then i just go run around the the ceiling for five hours um but it it is very i think for me it may not be as difficult in terms of The controls because it's a little slower, but I would say that there are times where, and I would agree with you, I think the bosses in Metroid 2, because you're constantly doing them and they change maybe every now and then, you're constantly repeating the same thing. So by the end of it, you're not really, you've already learned how to do it like a couple hours ago, whereas the bosses in the original Metroid are difficult even if you know how to do them. Like I just think Mother Brain in particular is, is incredibly difficult, even knowing how to do it. Like I know how to do it, but actually executing it can be really frustrating. Yeah. Um so there's not really a lot of frustration in terms of the combat in Metroid 2, but I would say that there's a lot more frustration in terms of getting around and just run like, oh, this is the same hallway I was just in an hour ago. I have no idea where I'm supposed to be.
1: Yeah absolutely agree and you know again Metroid 1 is not without its red herrings as far as areas to go in as yeah. um but yeah it's a, it's like it's it's kind of like a more of a culmination type thing with Metroid 2 Yeah, I, I again it's not that it yeah I guess I would say that Metroid 2 is just a little more difficult I guess I guess it would take longer for me to beat I feel yeah without constantly re going through the entire game to get like the best time or something, which I I have not taken the time to do. I beat it once and I was good enough with that. I was like, okay, I got this one off the list (laughs) and you know what? Towards the end, it got really interesting, but uh, no, no, thank you. I I'm glad that there's a remake now is basically where I'm at with that.
0: Um, and I think, uh, that's, A running theme between all these Metroid games is just that sense of loneliness, as we discussed, uh, or that sense of dread, no pun intended. Um, But do you think Return of Samus fulfills on this and or how do you think that like how do you think that it fulfills on this feeling of loneliness and dread and or how do you feel like it could be improved in any way? And I guess you can even talk about how like Samus Returns does or does not improve on that.
1: I would say, you know, the one criticism I constantly have seen of the remake that I guess is true is it's not, it's a little, it lacks a bit in terms of atmosphere. Um, I think it has a lot to do with the punchiness of the gameplay and everything. It just kind of, it gives you more of a zero mission type vibe where, everything just feels like a, just an enemy and not really like a, Oh dear, what's coming next kind of feeling. I never, like, like you just said, I, I never got a sense of dread um, going through the map or anything like that. It just kind of goes through the paces a little bit in terms of atmosphere. Um, and that's not a terrible thing. I've, I've had to come to accept that for many years now. So for that to be something that would hold me back from playing it, it's it, it. I mean, you're bound to be disappointed as a Metroid fan if you're not willing to accept that some of the games will just kind of feel more actiony than um than put you through the rings of, of you know, challenging your sense of courage. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, in terms of like how, how do I compare it? That's pretty much why it would sit in like an A rank instead of an S rank for me if it was on a tier list. Mm-hmm. Is because its atmosphere is not one of its strongest points, but that is in large part to do with the source material that it's based upon. You know, the enemies in that original game just weren't particularly threatening looking. Um So it just unfortunately had to work off of that. And while I guess the original game did a little bit more to, to try to be creepy and failed in my opinion, <laughs> <laughs> Um I think Metro two just kind of went w- Like basically, like I said uh, prior to the discussion, I think it just aimed to be more like zero mission in ways. And so it just felt more action y. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that's where I, what what do you think?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there are certain things where uh, certain, there are certain things about the original uh, Return of Samus that makes me feel uneasy. And I think part of that has to do with the OST. Like once you start getting down, the music starts becoming not really like palatable. Um, I think that da, 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 as soon as you find a Metroid yeah. is like,
1: yeah,
0: is <laughs> that first that first alert is really uh Especially the first time I played it when I was younger was like this. Oh, shit. Like, ah, oh, my God. Um, And then you die yeah. like after the first hit. And then. Uh,
1: <sighs> it's kind of it gives you the same sense of feeling as if like you're in a quiet room and all of a sudden like a chainsaw murderer knocks down your door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like,
0: ah! <laughs> <laughs> Just needs to be like a compilation of all these like things happening in horror movies and you just lay over the metroid sound yeah
1: Uh, i am now that's become a mission of mine (laughs) (laughs) i want to do that
0: here's johnny um (laughs) get the
1: simpsons clip yeah homer breaks down the door hey you want to see my new chainsaw and hockey mask (laughs) (laughs)
0: um and then there there are these moments where you kind of see the the metroid um skin like the skin that's left over and even on the game the original Game Boy version that can be like uh oh like something's about to happen and then you walk like maybe a couple of steps and then it's like right there. And I think apparent I think there's one time where the game actually tricks you and you don't see the the skin but all of a sudden here's an like I th- uh what's the second one? I think it's alpha um, but like yeah. the, the first mutation is just like there and it's like, hi, and then it just starts <laughs> attacking you. And that's like, and then once you beat it and you walk further, there's the skin. So it, like the game tricks you during one of the Metroid fights where it like, it keeps warning you that a Metroid is close. And then there's one time where it's like, oh, by the way, we, we put the Metroid in front of the, the shell. Yeah. Um, so there, I feel like there is some feeling i don't think it really does the feeling of loneliness in my opinion as other games does do because the other games have you like i'm one person against like an army i'm one person against the space pirates for example i'm one person against uh like one in three is basically i'm here against the space pirates the first time she knows it the second time she doesn't really um in Metroid Fusion, you're alone on a space station with this gigantic version of you with all the things that you don't have already is chasing after you. And it makes you feel not only afraid, but also alone because the only person that's here to save you is is a computer. Um, and then Metroid Dread sort of evokes the same feeling because you're just kind of, you're not sure why, uh, you know why you're there, but you're not sure what happened. There's like a, a space and time where You just uh, are just kind of like, oh, what just happened? And then you try to figure that out as you go through. So I think in Metroid 2, it doesn't necessarily help that I am here to kill. Like, that is what I'm here to do. That is what I've been asked to do. I'm here to go with my big can of bug spray, and I'm just going to go in and eradicate all these Metroids. Um, yeah, you
1: are the hunter basically. yeah
0: yeah exactly so I, I feel like the loneliness factor even though you're the only person doing it doesn't really show there but there are those, there are moments that make you feel uneasy i think once you get to the end of the game and you start and you are about to find the queen uh one thing that i i didn't realize until i was like watching some videos about it but uh monsters just stop showing up. Like regular overworld monsters, as the further down you go, the fewer random encounters you have. And wow. by the time you're at the last Metroid, there's nothing. And Samus Returns, they don't do that. But in the original, it's sort of like either nothing has been able to get down there before, or the Metroids that were the strongest down there just wiped everything else out. And so, like, here's a big threat. Uh, so I, and then you see like remains of a lost civilization or, um, like the Chozo who had been there before, um, their remains are still there and obviously the Chozo are not. So there's, I think that there's some feelings of, I think like that's where the dread shows up, but it's like at the end of the game. Uh, otherwise it's just this feeling of, e- of uneasiness. So I think in that way, it's trying to give you a different feeling as the other Metroid games. Um, but I feel like there's still something there. It's just not quite the same.
1: Hmm. You know, it's funny because that's something I didn't even notice in my playthrough. Like that was that uh, went past me. And I wouldn't be surprised if it went past uh, the developers at Mercury Steam as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, because. um Yeah, I, I just never took the time to notice that. It's never like kind of read out to you. So, no.
0: yeah. Yeah, and I cool I don't think if I if I hadn't watched it um I think it was Game Dev's Toolkit is the channel. Um hmm. they have s- some really good stuff there, but and if I'll try to post it in the description once this is done um of the actual video in case I miss guess who the channel was, but um it yeah, I feel like I would have missed out on that had I not been told that, which is unfortunate. I wish I was able to read the you know between the lines and stuff like that but um yeah i i feel like that gives you this like that i think is where the quote-unquote dread comes in because it's like oh there's nothing else here again i don't know why
1: hmm. yeah that's cool i'll have to like look into that video too
0: yeah i'll, I'll be sure to i'll send it over i gotcha
1: thanks man <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the hookup yeah
0: no worries no worries i got you um Oh, and we got uh, Nepsit in chat says hi and that you should play Symphony of the oh. Night.
1: Yeah, I, I want to play it at some point. What's up, Nepsit? Hopefully you're still here. Yeah, Um. Yeah, I, I want to play it at some point, but it's just uh, one of those games that eluded me. I didn't even know it existed until uh, <laughs> I was like a senior, in co- uh, not college, uh, senior in high school. Yeah. And someone was just playing it in his bedroom. At that point, the game had felt really dated because... I was just, all I saw in that moment was the opening scene yeah. with Dracula. And he's like, what is a man? Oh, we're like, yeah. all laughing at his, like, you know, early PlayStation dialogue. We're like, ah, man, games sure have come a long way since then. <laughs> um, But, you know, I, I hear it's an absolute classic. I do want to give it a try, like an honest try. I bought it on Xbox 360 ones, mm-hmm. but I, d- I didn't feel like they did enough to make it more modern i don't know like i I didn't like how it still took forever to save you know so like i know i understand that that's a limitation of the playstation one where it has to read the memory card data and then write to it and Mm -hmm. close the book and everything but they didn't nothing to optimize how fast that process was yeah they boarded it to 360 so i was like oh this feels old and so (laughs) but i kind of want to go back and try it
0: yeah, I, well, it, that for some reason reminded I'll go off topic for a minute, um, that reminded me of, I was catching your streams of like when you were playing the original Tomb Raider and, and it's like, seeing old games to a certain extent is really fascinating and fun to do, but it sometimes can be really frustrating in practice because you're just kind of like, mmm, games have come a long way <laughs> since this time, <laughs> ugh. I, I, I just recently beat Rez, the original Resident Evil on uh, the GameCube remake just because I, I'm still afraid to go back to the original tank controls of the PS1 original, so uh-huh. it's, it's hard for I've me to... i to
1: adapt to those tank controls. I finally like, got in tune with it, yeah. I guess. Um, so now I really... I, but you know what's funny is I've never played uh, Resident Evil 3, the original, and I've never finished Resident Evil 2, the oh, okay. original. And now I, w- I really want to.
0: Well, yeah, especially after playing the remakes are good time.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man.
0: Uh, So speaking of remakes, so Samus, the return of Samus Game Boy Original was followed up technically by a couple, like two remakes. Uh, I think somebody did like a Game Boy Color hack, um, which was really good. Uh, so we will talk about a little bit about another Metroid 2 remake, AM2R, and we'll talk about Samus Returns for the 3DS after that. What changes were made? Was it, you know, necessary? I think we've kind of gone a little bit about it, We can go in more detail. Uh, as for AM2R, that was released on PC in 2016 by Dr. M64. Uh, in terms of what it changes, it adds a map feature. Uh, it creates new areas. It's It retains a lot of stuff from the original in terms of map design, uh, but it kind of shows off, like, these are different areas, and we're going to give them some character. Uh, new bosses, mechanical improvements that are sort of based on, like, the future games are like Prime, Fusion, etc. Um, it was closed down by Nintendo, who then released uh, Samus Returns the following year. Hmm. Uh, so have you played... Am- I think you just said so earlier, but you've played AM2R, and do you think that does the- right by the original?
1: Um, so I haven't played enough to really know if it go- does right by the original. I Now I really want to play through it all the way through, and I really should. Um, but I, I played a good amount and realized like, yeah, this is pretty legit. Um, this feels like a really good game. It feels like it's, a, um, like it could genuinely be released by a Nintendo if it had been a little earlier, maybe like on the Game Boy Advance or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, so to speak on it like that, I couldn't, I couldn't myself. What do you, do you feel that way?
0: I'm in the same boat. I've played enough to kind of be like, and I I was lucky to be able to get a copy but like after the CND. Uh, well, um, so I played a little bit of it. I I think in some ways it it does. I think in other ways it tries to do its own thing. Uh, I know that they have like the scanning feature from Prime, and they tried to add that into the game. Um, the soundtrack is very different. Like it it actually again like kind of. Looks at Prime's like electro synthy sounds and then incorporates that into the soundtrack. Um, but I think one of the things I really liked about it was that each area of the map had its own interpretation of what could have been there. So uh I think there's an area in the original where you find a lot of the weapon upgrades. And so the AM2R developers were like, all right, let's build a story and we're gonna make this like a weapons facility. And they added this whole scenario where towards the end you have to escape it because it's about to explode. Uh, So they they do some really interesting things. But I guess, you know, even though I'm the one who wrote the question, I guess it's hard to say whether or not it does right or wrong by the original. Um, I think it is kind of its own interpretation of what the original was trying to say. Uh, I, and that's one of the points that we'll, we'll go over a little bit towards the final questions here, but, um, yeah, I, I think it does some things that they wanted to kind of stick with the original, but I think they also tried to like, you know, they do the wall hanging, like in zero mission and fusion, they incorporate shine sparks, like you couldn't do in the original, um, and that adds some different gameplay value, um, so I, I that's how I kind of feel about it. I it is its own thing, um, whether or not it does right by it. I think, like I said, it's weird that I wrote the question. I'm like, ah, who cares? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it it tries to say its own interpretation of the original story, which I think is. Uh, I think that's a good way to go about it. Honestly.
1: Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's like the the original game. It, it didn't have a whole lot to work off of, so creating your own interpretations is um, it, it's very easy with Metroid 2. Mm-hmm. I think that like, I don't know if this AM2R remake does a lot to instill like an isolated vibe, and I think if, if, if one of them if that one steers more into that than possibly mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I feel really bad about trying to weigh in on this without playing for the whole game. But I would say that the early parts of the game didn't really have a, like a really like chilling kind of vibe to it either. You know? Um,
0: I feel like that black background in the original really kind of sells this like something's off. Like even though it's so minimalist in its behavior on the original, it does kind of add this, like, maybe I'm in a cave kind of thing and there is no light or yeah. any kind of outside thing that, that calms kind, me.
1: Kind of like the original Super Mario Brothers when you get to the castle. Yeah. Like it's just a completely black background and it's like, ooh. Yeah.
0: Like the- Well, and even in the original yeah. Metroid uses a just it's black back there. There's really nothing to kind of give it life. And I feel like giving that atmosphere life can evoke a completely different emotion than if it was just black and yeah. nothing's back there. Because now you yeah. it's the unknown.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's like your imagination takes over at that time. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And clearly people had different interpretations of what that looks like because after AM2, after the whole thing with AM2R, Nintendo did release a remake, Samus Returns, on the 3DS in 2017. Um, It adds its own story intro. So it gives a little bit more context into what's going on, updates the graphics, um, again, adds a map feature. Uh, New gameplay features, bosses, new mechanics like Aeon abilities, um, and more as an advertising uh, point that Nintendo wanted to make as soon as they announced this game, a new counter move. So this is a game that's very focused on trying to do things with combat as well as the searching mechanics of uh, the Metroidvanias that inspired it. So in the 3DS remake Samus Returns, they did add that brand new mechanic where Samus can counter enemy attacks in, in order to hit, show off weak points and deal damage. Uh, was this a welcome change for you?
1: Oh, yeah. It's one of the reasons why I love the game so much. I, it's It did things with the combat that I personally never want to go back from. Um, and I'm glad that Metroid Dread didn't. I'm glad that it steered even further into that. Uh, you know, like, I, I've seen complaints <clears throat> where people are like, oh, yeah, but now you just got to sit there and wait for the counter. And it's like, dude, what are you talking? It's all frenetic and fast. Yeah. And it's like so much fun. And then on top of all of that, hey, if you don't, I, like in the original Metro games, you were pretty much encouraged not to engage the enemies. You were encouraged to jump over them and maneuver around them. So you didn't waste time killing the enemies and got the best time uh, within it. Uh, so all the same, Samus Returns allows you to do that as well. And it does it in a more intense way. So it's like these enemies are charging at you. They're coming at you a lot faster. Mm -hmm. And so they're more engaging with you, the player, than ever before. So suppose you don't want to counter them all the time. You don't technically have to. And in order to get the best time, you definitely don't want to do that. So now you have this level of like finesse and skill that you need to have in order to dodge all the enemies as you go through the game it's like it's a really intense you know change of pace that i i will welcome to every single 2d metroid going forward and i don't know how they could do it with 3d but it adds a level of intensity and speed and freneticness that the 3d games don't have none of them have and i would love to see something similar in the 3d series as well so i do i approve of it uh, I would say <laughs> yeah, yes, a little bit a big yes. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a
0: little bit. Um <laughs> no, I I think I I think the thing that I agree with the most is the idea that uh it does make the enemies more engaging and not just from a way of I, it gives me something to do with them, but now there's a reason for them to do something to me because in order to use this counter mechanic, you now have to program the enemies to no longer the whole pattern changes because a lot of the Metroid enemies are just obstacles when you really think about it. They do a very simple thing and they always do that thing and they don't change. Now, maybe in some cases the enemies can be kind of pattern-esque in Samus Returns and a Metroid Dread, but they're engaging with you. They're not something that you have to run around It really was only the bosses that tried to actually attack you in the original games. This time, everything actually attacks you. (laughs) So you have to engage with it or you have to avoid it. And, you know, even Dread, like, does a lot more with that than Samus Returns, in my opinion. Um, So it's... I... I think the thing for me is that this is from a developer who worked on Castlevania first. And I think maybe that kind of, like dovetailed into this idea of let's focus on combat maybe it was Mm -hmm. nintendo that came in and said let's focus on combat i'm not really sure who who made the decision to include this mechanic in the game um but it does like it it focuses on something that almost seemed like an optional thing as you were saying in the in the previous games like it was just optional to fight unless you were fighting a boss
1: right they were basically like you know they can hurt you if, if you don't maneuver correctly, but all in all, they're just kind of like uh opportunities to get some missiles or health back. Yeah. And like it was very, very easy to just maneuver around them, essentially. Mm-hmm. But now with this game, it's like they're zipping towards you. So if you're dodging them, it looks even more impressive. Yeah. And you know, it's like you'll you'll if you're gonna you whip out a metro game as a party favor and show how fast you can get through a game. <laughs> That one in particular, yeah. When you're dodging all the enemies every like they're just zipping at you and you just you know exactly what to do to get through them without taking any damage and stuff like that. That's gonna impress people a lot more than just walking over a zoomer that like is just, just does know, the slowly thing. crawling around. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um Metroid Samus Returns also takes a lot of music from other Metroid games and updated them for the remake, but didn't really either focus on or in some cases maybe have left out some key music and effects from the original game. Do you think that this was a good idea or does it really take away an opportunity for the original game's OST to either flourish or be redeemed from some of the, you know, lesser either known or favorite tracks?
1: Was um what was some of the songs that got left out?
0: Uh I don't rem- I don't remember exactly for sure but well and one well no cuz the one that's the plays when you a- have the Metroid with you is still the same and I mm-hmm. think they use the um original like da 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 I think that's still in the game um there's
1: there's also another one where it's a very heavily modified uh, uh what do they call it a in music instead um not remastered I don't know what you call it uh remix there we go yeah, yeah. Um, heavily, heavily remixed from those awful, dreaded, dreadful beeps and boops. Um huh, maybe they didn't include like, them all and I was wrong. Yeah, I think they did. Um <laughs> there's really not that many songs. So. no, there isn't. No. But like there's the one where it's just like you know, Yeah, yeah. Like, like uh well they they did. They made a um a remix track to that that it has a more strong mel- melody to it. Okay. Um, but like in parts, you can hear the. <laughs> it's like oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, um, yeah, but it does. Uh, it takes uh, quite a few, I think, from Super. So there are mm-hmm. a couple. Of, I think they. Uh, the second half of Brinstar is is in there. Um, da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. It doesn't uh,
1: have Norfair as well.
0: Yeah, it does. Like when you get to the. Any hot area becomes the Norfair music. That's right.
1: So, yeah. I, you know, it's it's just, uh, I know that there's a couple of friends of mine that I talked to, um, shalantly about the game after its release. And one of their big gripes was like, why, why would you take music from Super Metroid? That's a song that belongs to Planet Zebes. How dare they? <laughs> and then, I, 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 when that was brought to my attention, I was like, You know, I never thought about it like that. Um, It's just, it was like, oh, cool. You know, there's an Orfair theme. Uh, But I'd never put so much thought as to being like, oh, why would they they do that? You know, it belongs to this planet and this area on this planet. Um, No, I just never had thoughts like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it it like, as far as I remember, they incorporated all the songs from the original game and there just wasn't enough to go around for a longer more winded adventure so um i personally advocate for them to use other strong songs from the series but could they have just made their own tracks i suppose so when you get to dread they made songs that were similar but different mm-hmm. for the most part with very few callbacks and um i guess it shows that they're capable of it. Yeah. Uh, But I, I personally, I I just enjoyed the music throughout. I didn't really have a problem. I certainly loved how they remixed those uh, terrible, terrible themes. I, I found it very charming. <laughs> yeah. I found it very charming. It was like, so it was how like do a you redemption. make this song? Yeah. It was like, how do you make this song that sounds so bad <laughs> suddenly like put it into a modern game and they, they found a way to pull it off. And so I kind of got a kick out of that. When I heard heard those little beeps and boops like mixed in, I was like, ha, that that's that's definitely one way to do it. Yeah. And I was like, and you know what? The song is much better for it. So I think the Kudos. thing is
0: I never really thought about, oh, this song belongs to this one area and it should never leave this one area because that's where it belongs. Like it's yeah. like mall shopping music Um, <laughs> now entering Brinstar. Uh, so. I think the only thing that for me is, is a little off uh, is so you have a game franchise that doesn't have a lot of games come out very often. And so when one does, you always look back to like, we're going to treat the fans to a song from another game that they often they very belovedly remember. And it sort of evokes the same feeling of almost every 2D Sonic game. Let's just throw Green Hill Zone in there for the first stage. We're just going to throw Green Hill Zone in there again. Um, because that's what the fans remember and we're, we want to evoke those feelings of here it is again. Um, so I think that's the only thing where I'm kind of like, I don't, I think going forward, hopefully we get more frequent releases and hopefully we get more original tracks. If they want to keep bringing in, I think Norfair or um, criteria, well, not criteria, but um, the first area is the only really thing I can say from the original Metroid um, and just bring that song back in which I think they did for Samus Returns. I think they did. Um I know they did for Prime obviously. Like the first area in Prime is just that that song in a very synthetic tune. But you know, I I can appreciate it, but also I do like if it's an original game or if you're trying to remake it and you need more songs, bring in some, you know, try some original pieces out. You already have some songs that you can take from the original and then let's move forward um, using that as a motif, but yeah,
1: yeah, I think that's that
0: was my only thing.
1: My, like for me, I guess I never thought of the music in Metroid as like it being actually in there.
0: Yeah, exactly. You that's know? what so, I was thinking.
1: Like, I can't, I just can't imagine like there's like a chorus somewhere <laughs> surrounding. No, there's just loudspeakers in the planet. Ah. Yeah, ah. <laughs> you know. Dun-dun.
0: yeah Yeah, exactly so where
1: are these people you know are they why does every planet
0: have the song like i don't get that right (laughs) (laughs) who's playing that music yeah this is a really Um, popular song
1: yeah (laughs) it's like it's just got a little music box in the chozo hand or something
0: yeah he's just like constantly cranking yeah yeah (laughs) um
1: yeah so i i I, I don't know i love the music and um, Metroid to the remake yeah uh, yeah and again I was very very charmed by the fact that the developers would actually go for the trouble of working <laughs> in those original tracks and mm-hmm. somehow making it work so that yeah. that's a big that's a big thing for me um, yeah all in all I, I just I loved it I, I thought it was really good
0: and, and um, one
1: thing that you can always bring back is the theme of Samus Aran so yeah yeah, I'll never get tired of hearing that theme.
0: <laughs> that's my green hill zone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it in there. I don't care. I'll do it. Um, it always
1: be Samus, so you can always use your theme. It's fine. That's true.
0: That's true. From graphics to Aeon abilities to quality of life improvements, there are a lot of changes in Samus Returns. If you can pick one change or improvement that was your favorite, what would that be?
1: One more time with that question.
0: So from graphics to Aeon abilities to quality of life improvements um, that there were a lot of changes in Samus Returns. If you can pick one change or improvement that was your absolute favorite, which one would that be? Oh,
1: wow. okay. Um.
0: Yeah. I, like, what was the one I, thing I where, you're think like, think thank God they added this?
1: Yeah. I. You know, it's funny. Is um. Th- there's a lot of wonderful changes, but like the combat is one of those things that where it just kind of, it was, it charmed me so much that it's like. Every game in the series now, I wish it had combat like that. Um, So that one, it's probably the obvious answer, but like as far as improving Metroid 2 and then thinking about like, okay, all right. So it's not necessarily like a new mechanic that we're introducing. It's like just something that is just generally improved, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the music. The music is um not to call back to something so recently talked about, but the music was significantly better. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I like that quite a bit.
0: I think personally speaking, it's the Aeon abilities. I just the fact that it gives me the ability to see things that I could have missed is really like that's my favorite addition mm-hmm. to it, just because and you know, wishing that they keep going with that in future Metro games because As a first time player, I'm thinking of a lot of first time players, especially people playing Dread who are like constantly getting lost and not understanding where to go next. And then they hit something on a wall and then like, oh, okay. Uh, having an ability to kind of help newer players out, not necessarily handholding because you can choose to hit the button or not. um, But being able to give that option there for players uh, to kind of understand how the game is played and then maybe in the future you don't need it quite so much. You can kind of understand how the puzzles are solved in the first place. But even then, there are still some like really tricky puzzles that you may not have even known were there in the first place without the aid of something, um, a guide or using that feature. So I think the Aeon abilities in general um, added a lot of interesting gameplay mechanics, uh, but specifically giving me the ability to search hidden walls and stuff was was really cool. And I appreciated that a lot.
1: Yeah, doing a lot to keep you from meandering around like Yeah. I appreciate that too. And again, you know, the fact that it takes a little while to charge it up and everything like else like that, it still it uses some of the player's time, mm-hmm. you know, and with a series where it rewards you for getting through it quickly, um it still finds ways to to make sure that your first run isn't like under, you know, that that sweet sweet 4-hour marker. Yeah. Um so you know, like and I think that was the original intent behind all these like obtuse puzzles or hidden blocks and stuff like that was to to really drag out the timer so that when you got to the end of the game, you're like, wow, it took me 12 hours to beat this game. You know, and what's the best time that you can or best ending you can get under four? What the heck? You know? Yeah, exactly.
0: And
1: so, yeah, I, I appreciate the Aeon ability as well. And I, I did use it throughout the game mm-hmm. Um because I really didn't want to experience that super metroid meandering you know and again i love super metroid but those are things that we we look past because we've gotten better at it over the years and remember where certain things are but we're now trained to remember that we kind of have that developer brain exactly yeah where developers played for the game so many times that they don't stop and think about what is a first person uh what is a person's first experience with the game going to be like yeah um and so yeah, well, like I think that Metroid Two does handles that pretty well. Um, I think that Metroid Dread handles it even better, but um, I never had any complaints of how it was handled in in, in Metroid Two. I do think that that was a really smart decision to basically give the player the option of, hey, you remember that meandering gameplay that you and the other twelve people that really loved it (laughs) complain about on game forums well you have that option but for the rest of us we're going to be using this Aeon ability yeah Uh, i I like that
0: yeah and even then like it's something that is just kind of we're making it easier over time even you know super metroid added a map but not only that it's it added a thing that said there might be something here and you just haven't found it yet so it'll have like a little dot on the screen and then Mm -hmm. when you find it it uh changes the i think it like hollows out the dot or it fills in the dot but either way it it changes so that you know that you've received it so you don't have to go back there um so yeah it's these are things that have developed over 30 some odd years 35 years and have kind of culminated especially what dread does where it is kind of like here's something on the map that you might want to check out and then when you have the ability later you it easily brings you back to that spot um so We'll talk a little bit more. Uh, I have a few more questions. Hopefully, we're we're still feeling all right. I know it's been a little see. over an hour.
1: I could do a couple more. I still haven't eaten dinner, but gotcha.
0: Yeah. Uh, so let's let's cut it down to two. So, where many of the games in the Metroid series feature Samus alone against or chased by a threat, and in two. She's sort of an intruder sent in to exterminate the remaining Metroids. How do you feel like this impacts Samus's character in later games?
1: Well, it aids itself in something that fans have felt. And uh, it ultimately led to a sense of betrayal with a game like Metroid Other M for mm-hmm. a lot of fans. Um, in that, yeah, Sam... There, there are parts of Metroid where you're supposed to feel somewhat helpless or just like you're just unsure and you, you're kind of anxious about what's coming around the corner kind of vibe. Um, but towards the end of the game, you start to understand like, wow, Samus is badass, you mm-hmm. know? And part of that comes with your abilities and everything else like that. So a game in premise like Metroid 2 does a lot to serve the the badassery side of Samus. It's like, okay, you know, there are aspects of Metroid where it's a little spooky and, and scary, but ultimately you, it's not a horror game because your character is strong and uh, powerful, you know, and a, a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, as a story premise that Samus is so good at what she does um, that, an entire federation will just send in one person to take care of it. Uh, (laughs) I think tells you everything you need to know. And I I do appreciate that. Um, Again, does it make for my favorite interpretation of Samus and the story and everything else? Um, No, but it it does well to serve the, the trilogy of, uh, of Metroid in its series uh, up to super Metroid. Again, I think it's Metroid fusion where things start to take a turn that I I don't particularly like, but um, the way that Samus is represented in one, two, and then three, I felt was was really good. And then, you know, games after fusion as well started to really kind of bring a side about Samus that invokes those feelings of what she was in super Metroid and Metroid two In Metroid one. She's a bit of a blank slate and they Mm -hmm. didn't really have a whole lot of idea as to how to set the tone for the Metroid series just yet, how far they wanted to push it.
0: Well, and even the player didn't truly know who she was until they beat the game.
1: That's incredibly true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's
0: um, almost uh, poetic. <laughs> well, and and on to that, uh, it's does do you feel like that it makes the baby Metroid character? So, you know, Samus has wiped out an entire race of Metroids, but there's one left and an imprint on Samus and acts like it's its mother. Um, do you feel like all of that, that meaning of like killing its entire race before meeting it, like, and how things play out throughout Super and Fusion and Dread. Do you think that it makes that baby character um, more meaningful as as a result of all that, of knowing that?
1: Well, you know, what's funny is that um, the aspect of motherhood and all that stuff um, that came later. If you look at the intro, maybe I can get the transcript for it right now, but I think like in the intro of Super Metroid, she just kind of sees the baby Metroid as uh, a non threat that she could take with her to have it studied for research. And I don't think that there was a whole lot. I mean, yeah, it it basically was
0: like it imprinted on me. That's weird. Well, I gave it to the Federation. Like, right. <laughs> anyway, so I threw it in the dumpster at the back of a party city.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Um.
0: And I just forgot about it for for a little while, and then Ridley showed up. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a good point that you make, where they don't really establish this whole mother-child relationship until later. And I've, even with Fusion, it's sort of like, you know, the baby Metroid helps defeat mother brain and at the end of super metroid gives you know its life for this cause and then it winds up saving samus's life again at the beginning of fusion as to why she's now in this like you know cool ecto looking armor um because the the dna of of the metroid baby managed to save her life so it I guess the you know it made me think a lot about like that one act of mercy that she commits on this baby Metroid actually saves her twofold later on in the series. Um, so it, I felt like that was like that was a really maybe intentional, maybe unintentional. Like clearly, it seemed intentional with Super Metroid. The baby Metroid seemed like the catalyst for uh, the creative team to go back in and create a, a third game in the series. Um, but like it seems interesting how this baby Metroid winds up becoming like a catalyst after two to be like part of this whole you know fusion super and and other M as well
1: mm-hmm. yeah uh, you know it, again it it's unmistakable that the baby Metroid uh imprinted on samus like that's incredibly clear for all of super Metroid mm-hmm. um but yeah like uh, I don't know it, I don't even quite remember what the original question was, which was something about. (laughs) Do
0: you think that it makes the character more impactful as a result of the fact that like Samus like wipes out its entire family?
1: Um, yeah, well, I I like how it served itself at the end of super Metroid. Like despite the fact that it's a featureless blob with with just giant fangs off the end of it, you still got a, a somewhat of a sense that like, it's it's just kind of interesting isn't it how at the end of the game you still get a sense of like, yeah. <laughs> like oh yeah i feel bad for it you <laughs> well know? it's like
0: the first time you ever see a metroid give life force to something rather than yeah. taking it away which is what they're known for
1: right which it, i don't know i thought that was really cool yeah um and really good simple sto- storytelling um but yeah, outside of a larger discussion for that, I, I can't really honestly say that I've ever put that much thought into it. <laughs> no worries. You know.
0: Um, and do you have any final thoughts on Return of Samus, on the Metroid series as a whole? Anything else you want to talk about? <sighs> um get off your chest.
1: Yeah, I wish it sold more, honestly. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that Metroid Dread is finally like giving the series like the respect that it deserves. Um, but I really feel like that should have started with Metroid 2, uh, the remake on on 3DS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was like, it, it, this game is wonderful, you know? And it definitely scratched a lot of itch that I had and also introduced things that I never thought the series needed until I experienced it. So I was like really bummed out. It, it's one of the most depressing entries in the series because it's kind of like this was... This should have by all accounts been the triumphant return to 2D Metroid and like exposed players to a game that has been kind of neglected for many, many years, but instead it was suppressed and pushed down by its own community. And like as a result, no players that had a 3DS thought to buy it because if the core fan base can't even approve of it, what's gonna entice a person that's never played Metroid before to even think about touching it? when like all they hear online is about how it wasn't that great of a game. And I just sincerely disagree with that sentiment that was just kind of laid out by the fan base and and how the sales presented itself in the, um, towards the end. I, I really feel like this should have been the success that we saw now with Metroid Dread. Um, I think and it's again, crazy
0: and... Now that I think about it, I mean with Metroid 2 on the original Game Boy, it came out right around the same time the Super NES did. And so I feel like the Game Boy was still selling pretty well by then, but like it was being probably eclipsed by games like F0 and Super Mario World that had all these high quality detail graphics. uh, samus returns comes out on the 3ds around the time the switch comes out and so you have this amazing new system with breath of the wild and all these other games that are coming out that just kind of completely again just overshadow the same game that was a remake of another game that was probably overshadowed by another brand new system that nintendo released um so i i totally get that frustration because i i loved it um when it came out on the 3ds so yeah, I, I definitely feel for that. Yeah. Well, that is it for the questions. Uh, I, I'm thankful we got through pretty much all of them. But and thank you for coming. Like it's it's been a hot minute since last time I've had you on.
1: Yeah, and you know I had a great time hanging out with you at Magfest. So um, it's been a while. I hope to see a future con at some point.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I had
1: a great time hanging out with you at that time. So I'm glad that we were able to do something finally. Yeah. And just like have a one-on-one chat about something. It was nice.
0: Yeah. Well, if, if you're willing, I'll feel, I will always bring you back for something else. Cool, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, where, where can everyone find you? I think we, we should give you some props. What are you up to? What are you, where can we find you?
1: Well, um, you can find me by typing in boundary break into the YouTube search engine. Um, that'll bring you to a series of uh, shows where I basically take the camera anywhere to try to get secrets and new discoveries out of games that we've uh, experienced in the past. Um, And then on Twitch, I, I'm not very consistent. I kind of wish I was, but I'm just such a busy guy. And there's just too much to build up for Mm -hmm. me to, to consistently stream, but I do enjoy hanging out with people. So if you want to do that, it's twitch.tv forward slash boundary break with no space. And uh, that'll bring you to my live streams. Awesome. Where we'll do anything.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've been I've lurked every now and then, and it's been a quite a variety of games that you've been playing. So it's it's been good.
1: Hopefully, I'm a decent streamer. I don't even know, but uh, you're I very engaging
0: with chat. So yeah, you have built well, that's up quite cool. a, a little bit of a following, and it, it's been fun to kind of see that. And I I can see how there's a lot of appeal in in the streams that you do. So well,
1: thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Uh, So thank you for being here. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, If you are watching this uh, later on, then feel free to give the video a like um, and uh, hopefully subscribe if you want to see more content like this. Um, And if you're watching this after the stream, you can leave a comment like, did you like Metroid 2? Do you think it deserves more recognition than it got? You can leave the comment down below. And uh, as for me, you can find more episodes over on youtube.com/laughingboylp and you can also find this episode and many others like it on spotify just search for dialogue box all one word um you can also find me on twitter at laughingboylp for more updates in terms of what's going on with the channel i've i've got a lot to say <laughs> not always good but i've got a lot um <laughs> we will be Continuing on, uh, our next episode will be part three with Rebecca Stone, uh, also known as Forrest Minish. We'll be talking about Super Metroid, as well as her history and and thoughts and feelings on the franchise. Uh, That should be on Wednesday, uh, some evening hour in the Eastern time zone. Uh, I'll have more updates, that's why you gotta follow me on Twitter, because that's when I post that stuff. Uh, So until then, thank you for being here. And thanks for engaging in chat. Thank you for being such a lovely guest. And uh, we will see you all next time. Goodbye.
1: Bye.